It's Tuesday, April 21, 2020. The most extraordinary development that took place today when the U.S. main blend, West Texas Intermediate, fell more than 306%. You see it on the screen. It is negative $37.63 a barrel. Oil prices plunge into historic negative territory. Trump EPA rolls back rules on toxic mercury pollution. Plus, what we cannot afford to do is to jump out of the frying pan of COVID and then into the raging fire of climate change. Earth Day and climate action somehow during a global pandemic. All of those somehows and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Oil prices have turned negative. You can't pay people to take that crap. This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyne, you may have to help me with this one. Oil prices are now negative? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a remarkable thing, and it's also a remarkable confluence of historical events. Monday was the 10th anniversary of the deadly rig explosion that started the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. the biggest oil spill in U.S. history. Also on Monday, one particular benchmark of U.S. crude oil prices crashed to its lowest level since oil futures began trading in 1983, plunging into negative prices, literally almost negative $40 a barrel. Now, it's partly a quirk of the market. This was for future oil deliveries in May, meaning that producers are paying pipeline and storage companies to take it off their hands, which market traders deemed essentially worthless. Okay, let me stop you for a second. They will give you money if you take their oil. Correct. It's happening because the coronavirus shutdowns have decimated demand for oil on top of a little price war between Saudi Arabia and Russia and a pre-existing supply glut. Oil storage in the United States is now near capacity. It is partly U.S. drillers' own fault. They knew that there was an oversupply, but they refused to restrain themselves. Why don't they just stop drilling? They won't, according to Goldman Sachs oil analyst Andrew Tilton on CNBC. Producers don't want to shut in wells and do things that'll cost them in the longer term. Everyone is hoping that someone else will cut supply and cut production so they don't have to. So they just won't stop drilling because it costs them too much money to stop drilling. So they continue drilling and then they pay people to take the oil off their hands. Exactly. Okay, that's a fantastic business model. For the record, the price of a barrel of sunshine has not changed, nor has the price of a barrel of wind energy. Meanwhile, the Trump Environmental Protection Agency last week announced it is gutting an Obama-era regulation that required coal-fired power plants to reduce emissions of toxic mercury, which causes serious ailments and brain damage in children. But worse, the new rule also effectively dismantles the legal basis underpinning all pollution regulations. The previous mercury and air toxic standard dramatically cut toxic mercury emissions and other pollutants. EPA's own scientists say this role rollback will increase premature deaths from air pollution, and utility companies don't even want the rollback because they've already complied with it. But the new rule is really about handcuffing future administrations from crafting new pollution regulations by fundamentally altering how the EPA calculates its cost-benefit analyses. It prevents the agency from considering co-benefits that arise from reducing other pollutants at the same time as mercury. That's to make it appear that the costs are too high and the benefits 
benefits to the public too low to make it worthwhile for polluters to not poison Americans. So if it's going to cost an industry $10 billion to clean itself up, however, it will save the American people $30 billion in health costs. The administration is saying, nope, you can't look at that $30 billion in health costs. You can only look at that $10 billion that you're costing the industry. No benefits, all costs. Oil prices are negative. The administration is tossing out regulations that their own scientists say will keep people alive. And you can't even count the money saved in lives not lost when determining regulations. This world is upside down. Finally, Wednesday, April 22nd, is the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. This year, because of the global pandemic, all of the planned demonstrations, celebrations, concerts, and festivals are going digital. But former U.N. climate chief Christiana Figueres notes that the coronavirus also provides a rare window of opportunity for governments to restructure their economic recovery policies to incorporate climate action, resilience, and justice. The opportunity and the responsibility here is to figure out how do we design and implement the recovery packages so that they definitely put people back to work and they reignite the economy, but we do so in a clean, sustainable, long-term way. Dennis Hayes, one of the first Earth Day organizers, said in a Seattle Times op-ed, quote, COVID-19 robbed us of Earth Day this year, so let's make Election Day Earth Day. Why not? It's a world turned upside down at this point. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Joyan. And this has been your Green News Report. I- 